Hello, hello, it is Belle Grubb here, your host of Inspired Lady, and guys, this episode is so good. We are here with Scarlett, and Scarlett is the founder and host of Feel a Smile blog, and this girl's so good. Oh my goodness, her testimony is powerful. So, so inspiring. When you guys hear it, you're just going to want to give her a big hug and say thank you for sharing this story with us. She also goes into five steps of harvesting during hardships. If you want to check this out on Feel a Smile blog, it's also there. But I think it's just really powerful to hear her talk about this message. And you guys are going to love this, okay? So everybody, sit down, grab your notebook if you can, unless you're like driving or working out. And if you are, I'm so proud of you. And let's jump into this episode with Scarlett. Okay, Scarlett, so were were you in Europe? Are you in Europe? Where are you right now? Yes, so I just got back late last night. We got back at probably like 1230, um, slept in all morning, and then jumping on here, I had a call about an hour ago, and then now doing this, but it was the most fun trip. It was me and my cousins, and we just had the best time, so. Oh my gosh, are you so jet lagged right now? I'm feeling pretty good right now. Last night, I was like exhausted though, because so we were in... We went to Germany, Austria, and Italy. So the time difference is like seven or eight hours. So I was very tired last night because last night it was technically like early in the morning. So we hadn't even slept or anything, but I'm feeling good now. Hopefully we'll jump into life like normal. So good. Oh my gosh. Well, that is so fun. I love that you were on the trip. I saw all the pictures and I was like fangirling over here um, in the United States. Like I was like, I'm going to be back in Austria. (laughs) Austria is one of my favorite countries I've ever been to. And girl Innsbruck Mm-mm. so yes. good <laughs> it was amazing it was so beautiful like we stayed in Innsbruck and then took a cable car up like into the top of the Alps and I mean it's like when you get to the top you can't even see what's what you can from the bottom so it was just incredible just the miles and miles of mountains it's so pretty I love that that is so fun oh my goodness okay well the way we start every episode is what we're drinking um, I'm just drinking water. I'm being super basic and lame. Okay. What are you drinking? Do you have caffeine to keep you awake? I have not had any caffeine today. I am drinking water, trying to stay healthy and hopefully not get sick. But on a normal day, you can catch me with matcha. I love matcha with vanilla and oat milk always. So good. I'm right there with you. It took me a long time to get into matcha, but then once I was in, I was like, I'm never going back. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Me too. It's the best. Oh my goodness. Okay, well... Scarlett, something that I would just really love if you'd be willing to open up Mm -hmm. to some of our listeners here and just kind of share a little bit of your story and your journey with Jesus. Um, You have such an impactful and incredibly powerful story. So if you just share that, I think a lot of people would be blessed by it. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, I'm so grateful that you would even want to hear my story. It's it's personal, but I love to share it. So growing up, I lived with just me and my mom. My dad was never in the picture, and life was pretty normal as we knew it. I did dance, played soccer. We went out to eat on the weekends, shopped, and all the things. And then when I was eight years old, my mom sat me down, and in the best way a mom knows how, basically explained to me that she would be moving away, and that I wasn't going to be able to live with her anymore. And now I know that to be where she was moving um, to a rehab facility get to get help for 
for her alcohol addiction. And I remember just at that age, um, being removed from my situation and placed into a new one was the first time I think I started to realize, okay, maybe my normal that I was experiencing isn't the normal that everyone else is experiencing. So what that looked like was a lot of um, nights I was the only kid in a room full of adults. I would come home from school on the bus at seven or eight years old and just be home by myself until late hours into the night. A lot of nights I was figuring out what we were eating for dinner and just having to care for my mom more than she was able to care for me. And, you know, experiencing all of that and stepping into a new environment with I began to bounce around from one family member to the other was just when I really started to realize, okay, what I'm used to experiencing in my day-to-day childhood is not what everyone else is experiencing. And so at eight years old, I moved in with my aunt and uncle and they had a great children's ministry at their church. And I remember up until that point, Jesus was like another Santa Claus or um, Tooth Fairy. You know, like you hear about him and you're like, okay, I just believe in this guy. And then all of a sudden my chaos is brought into order. And I decided that because life was so chaotic, you know, why not give him a try? And so from that point on, just every wave of hardship was really just based on the foundation of who he is and just his plan for my life. And so at 10 years old, um, once we realized that my mom really wasn't getting any better, I moved to a local children's home here in Alabama. And for the first time, you know, felt welcomed into a family. Before that, I think I just felt passed around from one person to the next, you know, not really chosen, but just feeling like someone else's burden. And at that moment, it was the first time I was welcomed into a home with a mom and a dad and other brothers and sisters and truly got to experience God's love in a tangible way through um, my parents. And um, during middle school and high school would always have visits with my mom. Um, And of course you go through all of the hard things that every middle school and high schooler goes through. But like I said, just continuing to remember Jesus at the forefront of all of those things. And when I was 16, I had a phone call with my mom and she was like, Scarlett, um, I don't know when I'm going to be able to see you again. I'm really sick. And I think that you should come and see me. And I remember at that point we had had years of consistent visits and then all of a sudden, you know, she wasn't showing up on time. I can remember seeing other kids have parents who didn't show up for a visit. And then I can remember the day that that was me and just how lonely and forgotten that I felt, you know, by my mom. And so at that point, my house parents contacted her and she was in the hospital and over a matter of four weeks, just the toll of alcohol on her body. She went from um, going into the hospital and coming right back out to going in and never coming back out. And so I remember just sitting in the hospital room at 16 years old and for the first time felt like my life was a movie and was kind of like what is life. You know, for so long, I followed the Lord and believed in his plan for my life. And then sitting in the reality that I was sitting in, I was like, how on earth are these the good works that he planned for me long ago? And just really trying to believe that in the middle of that hardship in the middle of that season that God was good despite my earthly circumstance you know his heavenly purpose would prevail and so at 16 years old my mom passed away and and then um had a little bit of shifting with my house parents at the time and so I moved in to my fourth set of house parents and I remember I just had the hardest heart to receiving love from them I was like I've been hurt by so many people in the past I have experienced a lot of hurt and loss through people who had said that they loved me, you know, and I told them, I was like, I'm not going to let y'all do that to me again. And 
of course, through that, you know, God had other plans and was able to just shift my heart like he always does and really just learned the power of his love through other people. You know, God's love is always on the other side of the door waiting for us to experience it. But we also have to do the part of receiving it and saying yes to his call. And so I just remember experiencing that in such a new and refreshing way at 16 years old and and really going from knowing God as this far away distant guy who was in control of my life to really knowing him as a personal friend that was walking with me every day and all that I do. And so that's a a quick sum of, you know, all of life's hardship and challenges shifted over to to what I get to do now and sharing that same love and his faithfulness with other people. So Yeah. So when you say like the group homes and things like is that foster Mm -hmm. care or is that something different? Yeah, so it's a little different from foster care. It's not foster care and it's not adoption, but I always explain it as if a family adopted me, but legally they didn't. So this children's home is a nonprofit and um, it operates on voluntary placement. So either I or a custodian or a parent would say, we want to place Scarlett here and that's how I would get to move there. They don't recruit or they're not directly linked like DHR or state um connections or anything like that so got you okay Mm -hmm. that makes sense wow and so you said you were in four of those homes yes so at the same home but just with four different families so my first three families just seasons changed and they moved away and then moved in with my fourth family my junior year of high school and praise the lord they're still my mom and dad now so oh good i'm so glad that was my next question i was gonna say do you still have contact with them and like do you still get to see them and all of that Yes, I do, which is such a blessing because, you know, so many people, they either have a super bad experience and and end up not really talking to their house parents much longer, or you have people that may be close to their house parents but don't have their biological family or vice versa. But thankfully, I have my house parents, but also still have my biological grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, and all the things. That's so good. And you were in Europe with your cousins, right? I was, yes, yeah. So we've always been super close ever since we were little and still are now, so. That's so good. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so then moving forward to where you are now, can you tell me a little bit about Feel the Smile? Because let me tell you, every time I look at this social media page, it makes me smile, and I just want to hear your heart behind this and kind of see where it came from. Good. Well, that's so sweet. I'm so glad that it makes you smile because, I mean, you know, just doing social media and that kind of thing, you always kind of post with the heart of it impacting the one person, but it's just you and a screen. So you don't ever know who's reading or what they're doing and that kind of thing. But yeah, Feel the Smile was really just birthed out of a heart to just share biblical encouragement for practical struggles. I had kind of been encouraged by a close mentor of mine to start a blog for a couple of years. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And then at the beginning of 2022, just really felt the push of the Lord calling me to be bold in a new way, um, in a way that I didn't know how. So I I got the name Fill the Smile. The Lord gave me the name Fill the Smile before the blog was even a vision in itself. We had a speaker at our church and she said, every time I come here, I can just feel the smile of God all over this place because his favor is so evident. And as soon as she said that, I was like, that's exactly what I want to be able to share with other people, whatever that looks like. And um, so actually as I started the blog, you know, you have domain and web hosting and all these things. And I actually tried to name it a different name and the domain, we, long story short, just had a lot of issues with it. And so we were left in the, my, I had a friend that was helping me build the website and he was like, 
do you have any other idea of what name you would want to name this? And I was like, well, yeah, but you know, as soon as you share a name, it's so vulnerable and you're like, okay, here it is for all the world to see. And I was like, the name that the Lord has on my heart is feel the smile. And he was like, that's so sick. Let's go with it. So that's how it really became the blog's name. That wasn't even its initial intent, but really just started it to be a big sister for the girls that don't have one or maybe are in search of one. Um, We go through so many similar struggles as girls when we're in high school, college and young adulthood. And um, just to be able to, to take the wisdom that the Lord's given me and share it with others on how we can navigate those struggles in a biblical way is really just the heart behind sharing everything on there. Yeah, that's so good. Okay. So one specific blog post I was reading that just like really hit home for me that I would love for you to talk a little bit about here is the blog post that you did on harvesting during hardships. Yeah. So good. Can you just, for people who haven't seen it, tell us about harvesting during hardships. Yes. Thank you so much. That's so encouraging um, that you like one, especially one in particular, but harvesting during hardship was actually a message that I spoke at a high school last year. I remember the Lord put the word on my heart and I was like, I don't really know if this is the one, you know, it's pretty deep and serious. And when you're in high school, you don't feel like you've either gone through a lot of hard stuff or you haven't gone through your hard stuff yet. And so I was like, I just don't really know if this is the one that I'm supposed to share, but of course went through with it. And since then, it's just been a really impactful message that I've been able to share with lots of other people. But it comes from Jeremiah 29, where we get the famous verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. And, you know, that's a verse that you see on the back of like a t-shirt with Chevron that says like simply Southern or something like that. Or you see it on a bumper sticker or a mug. And I remember just reading that story for the first time and Jeremiah 29 11 where it says for I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you is such a uh, an encouraging verse but what we don't realize is when God spoke that verse to the Israelites it was actually during a really hard season when they were about to go into exile you know stripped away from the land that they had been so excited to be in stripped away from the people that they knew and loved removed from their families you know just exiled into this place where they were alone and i remember for the first time being like oh my goodness like this first that we see in all these happy places was actually given in a time where i'm sure the israelites had a really hard time being like i know god has great plans for my life but in this passage god gives such great wisdom and really steps for them to follow during this exile and the the way that i read it and in my scarlet paraphrase is you know like hey guys i know that this is about to be a really hard season but these are the things that you need to do to be able to stay in line for the plans that i have for you and so just to sum up those five points the first one is to begin with faith the second one is to remember god's commitment the third one is to pray the fourth one is to seek god with all of your heart and then the last one to receive restoration and so just to kind of go back through and touch point on those beginning with faith at, be- at the beginning of that the lord was like uh you are going to be in exile for 70 years um and just knowing that at the end of the 70 years, God promised that he would fulfill his good works for them. So really holding on to that and letting that be what fuels our faith and the hardship that we walk through. You know, God doesn't promise us a life without hard things, but he does promise that he will get us through them to the other side. And so letting that be the foundation that we build our hard seasons on is so essential to let our faith be what drives our action. And then that second one, that's just remembering God's commitment 
you know, where that verse, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So if my plans are to prosper you and not to harm you, then in this hardship, I need you to remember my commitment to you and those words that I say, which I think is something that I had to remind myself of a lot just growing up. Um, It's just no matter what life looks like on the surface level, it will never just, it will never determine what God's doing internally and on the inside and just all the work that he's doing behind the curtain that we don't get to see and just holding on to that promise even more so. And then that third point that's just so simple, just pray, which is the simplest thing to do or the simplest thing to say, but I feel like the hardest one to stay consistent with. But God tells us, you know, to live a life, to pray without ceasing. And I just think one thing that I've learned so much, especially during college, is really just Prayer is our everyday conversation with God. You know, he loves to hear the big things that happen in our life. He loves to hear the small ones. But in doing that, we get to share our honesty with who God is. And in this passage in Jeremiah 29, God says, when you pray to me, I will hear you. And that's not a suggestion. It's not a maybe I'll hear you. It's a promise from him that he does hear us when we cry out to him. And so I think that's just, I think that's so comforting during hardship to remember that when I'm having a hard day and I get to cry out to the Lord, my prayers aren't going into this black hole, but they're really going into the heart of the Father and He cares so much about them. And then next, that fourth point that says, seek God with all your heart. God tells the Israelites, He's like, when y'all seek me, you will find me. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in a hardship, I need to know that the Lord's there with me and that He's right beside me. And so when we're able to seek Him and find Him in those places, it helps us be able to navigate that hardship in a new and refreshing way. And then closing with the fifth point that was receive restoration. I really think that restoration is one of God's favorite things to do. You know, he loves to bring beauty from ashes and he's done that so much in my story. And I know for a lot of y'all listening, he's done that for y'all too, just to, to take you from your dark days and just fill it with so much light and to be able to see the Israelites experience that in God's word, but then able to then be able to experience that thousands of years later in our own life has just is just something that's so powerful and it's just so cool to see God's hand continuously at work in such similar ways yeah absolutely and I I love all five of those I also think it's good that you recognize that prayer can be it can sound like it's the simplest like oh pray you know what I mean like yeah. easy step three whatever but it really is consistent prayer and it's Mm -hmm. choosing to be actively involved in your prayer life. Um, And so many times prayer can become this quick little like afterthought, like, okay, let me call my best friend. Let me call my significant other, call all these people, tell them what's going on in my life, rant, rave, all the things. And oh, wait, Lord, please help me with this. And then moving on where really prayer should be one of the first responses to things that come Mm -hmm. our way, those hardships that come our way. And when we, release it to God and we pray first, all those things come a little bit easier for us. You know, we're able to receive that restoration. We're able to, you know, just lean into our faith more, all of that stuff. So I think that is really, really good. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, And that kind of leads me to my next question. Yeah. I would love to know what it looks like for you to consistently seek Jesus every day. What does that look like in your daily routine and how do you make time for him? Yeah. So I would say on a personal morning, it would look like waking up and 
I always love to do my quiet time in the morning, you know, just set my day off on a good note, um, just receive a word from the Lord. And then another thing that I always try to do is start my morning with a worship song, whether it's I'm listening to it while I'm brushing my teeth or it's the first song that I play in the car is really just setting my mind on him before all the, the waves of the world, you know, start to come into play. Um, and then I also love right now I'm reading through the Bible. And one thing that I feel like is so encouraged has been so encouraging for me um, just from my mentors that they've shared with me is really just figuring out your favorite way to spend time with the Lord and doing that because your favorite way to spend time with the Lord, it's God's favorite way to spend time with you. And so I go through seasons where it might be journaling, where it might be reading his word for five minutes, worshiping for a few minutes, and then journaling my thoughts and what the Lord's spoken to me. But right now I've been doing a lot of reading, just reading like loads and loads of God's word. And it's so cool to see him just increasing my hunger for his word too, which is so fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. That might be one of my favorite things that's ever been said on this podcast is when you said your favorite way to spend time with the Lord is his favorite way to spend time with you. Yeah. That is so true and so it good is. because I think lots of times it feels more like a chore. Like, mm -hmm. a, oh, we have to do this to please God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we force a lot of things that necessarily we don't want to. And not that we shouldn't have discipline. That's not what I'm saying. You know, mm -hmm. we should have discipline when it comes to our prayer life and to studying the word. But really, if like worship is just what's like setting your soul on fire right now, lean into that. You yeah. know, because that's the same thing. God's going to be able to just speak to you differently when your heart is more in a postured place to just hear him better and i love that so much that was that was some good stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so true and i think that i've had to learn that over the years too because i used to think that the only way that i could spend time with the lord was either reading my bible listening to a worship song or praying and i think there's so many ways that we get to worship the lord whether it's doing what he's created you to do which is worship like unto the kingdom or whether it's going on a walk and just talking to the lord you know i think the enemy is the one that wants us to put pressure on our quiet time because he wants to make it unenjoyable for us but god wants it to be so fun and enjoyable for us like you don't ever hang out with your best friend and are like well this is the worst thing ever you hang out with your best friend and do fun stuff and jesus is our best friend and he wants us to do the same with him yeah and even as you're saying that i'm like thinking like serving you know what i mean like if mm -hmm. you need a break from like okay i feel like i've been listening to the same worship song you know kind of doing the same bible study like you know what i'm gonna take today and just like go serve a little bit mm -hmm. that's spending time with god and that is a way to get active with your faith and all of that you know what i mean just change yes. it up a little bit i love that so yes. much that is that is good okay awesome well anyways i would love for you to just share with people how they can connect with you okay because yeah. i know everyone's going to be as obsessed with you as i am after oh this and following you on social media is so much fun so give us all the details of where people can find you yes so you can find me on my personal platform which is just scarlet stearns on instagram and tiktok and then for the blog you can follow feel the smile org and then the website is just feel the smile.org where you can just stay up to date with all of the biblical encouragement for your practical struggles perfect and then all of that will also be linked in the show notes because i try to make it as nice and easy for you guys as possible scarlet thank you so much for coming on here and just being so authentic and vulnerable with your story and allowing god to use everything that has transpired over your life because you really are such an incredible addition to this kingdom and your work is trust me not going unnoticed and feel the smile is impacting so many lives and i'm so blessed by you and i know every listener is going to be blessed by you so 
thank you for taking time to have this conversation. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was such an honor. So much fun to hang out with y'all.